Hey everyone, welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm Hemel Javeri alongside Stephen Ruiz and Evan Thorpe coming to you from our respective houses because we're all under self-isolation slash quarantine. Guys, what's going on? Stephen, how are you? Speak for yourself. I'm at a packed beach in Florida right now. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm in my apartment. Evan, what's going on? Uh, in my apartment, and I am in the middle of moving out and then trying to figure out, can I even move out if we're about to go on lockdown? Oh, my God. That's right. You were in the middle of buying a house, right? Yeah. So we're supposed to move out in the beginning of April, and we're just so confused because our office manager doesn't really know what will happen if we're on lockdown. I don't know, so I'm just confused. Well, I feel like a lot of people's lives have really just kind of stopped dead in their tracks right now. We know that sports basically is over for the foreseeable future. Um, Everyone is being told to stay indoors, stay away from other people. And we're in a situation that has really never happened in any of our lives, at least, um, and at least not in this country for, I would say, over 100 years. So weird times all around. But even though there's no actual sports being played, there's still plenty of sports news to get into. Most importantly, NFL free agency and the big news about Tom Brady leaving the Patriots, going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, We're also going to talk a little bit about Matt Patricia. We've got a social media moment of the week also. Um, And then in our not sports, but whatever segment, we're probably going to give you guys some viewing tips to get through the coronavirus self-isolation period. All right, so Stephen, I want to start with you. Can you just kind of give me a rundown on Tom Brady's week? Yeah, so he kind of waited, I guess, like two days to sign after all the other big signings started happening. And it came down, I think, pretty late in the night that he was going to sign with the Buccaneers. And then we had to wait two more days to actually figure out the terms of the deal. And he... It just came out that he's signing for two years, so he's going to be in Tampa Bay for at least two years, and it's the money is fully guaranteed, and there's a he has a provision in his contract where they can't trade him unless I guess if unless he approves it. So he's going to be there for the next two years, and I think he's 44 next year. And this obviously comes after him and the Patriots had a semi-public breakup. I, I think we all knew it was coming. We have been talking about it on this podcast for at least a couple months now. So it's not really a surprise, but it is a surprise that he picked the Bucks just because of their history of, I wouldn't say incompetence, but of losing. They've never really been a team that's consistently won. And Tom Brady's obviously used to winning. Yeah, I, I have so many questions about this. And I mean, regardless of what else is happening in the world, this would have been a huge story regardless, right? Like if, if we were just going about our regular day lives, this would still be a huge story. But right now it feels like there's nothing else happening except for this um, because it's really the only big sports thing. Um, so can you walk me through a little bit more about Tom Brady's relationship with the Patriots, the, uh, probably specifically Bill Belichick and what you think happened there in terms of him not wanting to stay? Yeah, I I actually think it's the other way around where I, I I think Tom Brady actually wanted to stay in New England. I think Belichick realized that he's an older quarterback who was going to command a lot of money and this is Belichick's MO is to get rid of players. He'd rather get rid of a player a year too early than a year too late and I think you're seeing that concept in play here. 
Brady has – he was really good two years ago, but over these last two seasons, he's kind of, like, fallen off. You kind of started to see his age come through, and it was really bad last year. So there's no guarantee that he's still, you know, Tom Brady, the Tom Brady that we know. So I would actually say the Patriots had more to do with this than Tom Brady. It was I don't think he really had a choice. And then when he did go to the free agency market, I don't think, like, the market was really big for him. I don't think there were a lot of teams that wanted to sign this guy – the Bucks just happen to have a lot of cap space. And I I mean, I think they want to sell tickets and signing Tom Brady is one way to do it. I think there's a question whether they even upgraded the quarterback position with this move. And then the comments from Robert Kraft were really interesting. It makes you think that maybe there's some disagreement between the coaching staff and, and ownership because Robert Kraft compared this to a marriage where, you know, you love your wife, but something is holding you back from continuing the relationship. He used the example of like uh, in-laws who are overbearing and may, and a lot of people took that as Belichick not wanting Brady anymore. And I think that's the correct interpretation. Yeah. And you've kind of been saying this on the podcast, I would say since uh, towards, I mean, even during the tail end of the NFL season, I remember we recorded a show that was like, I think this is Brady's last game with the Patriots and we felt like it should be a bigger deal and it wasn't a bigger deal. Um, and you had been saying it forever that Belichick probably did not want Brady back at all. So I, I feel like you need to take a victory lap. Yeah, I think we should all take a victory lap because Tom Brady's finally gone and the Patriots, as we know it at least, are this dynasty that everyone loves rooting against is dead. But I would not count out Bill Belichick. He is a, an evil genius, and I think they're still going to win that division. Uh, question for you, Evan. Do you dislike Tom Brady more, less, or about the same now that he's no longer with the Patriots? Um, I say I, I'm starting to like him uh, more now that he's not with the Patriots. Uh, after we, we, the Eagles, beat him in the Super Bowl, I had no beef with him anymore. But I think throughout the process, like, he just looked hurt. You know, I remember seeing him at the uh, college basketball game. I can't, can't remember the game, but he just looked kind of down. He was talking to Mike Vrabel, the Titans coach, and he had uh, Julian Edelman with him, and his face just looked like he was hurt. And now that he's in Tampa, he's happy. So I'm happy for him. I kind of – I didn't expect this. I think when we all talked about teams he could potentially play for, I think Steve and I had teams like the Chargers, the Raiders, and then once Tampa Bay came up, I was like, it's a weird fit. Uh, that team is not – I don't think they're going to win much. People have them going to the Super Bowl. But, I don't know, I think he's just looking for a place to retire now. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand why he didn't just retire. He could have kind of gone out with the Patriots. He's had a great career, six Super Bowls. He's going to be iconic anyway, and he has enough uh, – he has enough fame left on him right now that he can easily transition into private life. So I'm not really sure why he signs with another team for two years. I think it's it's just his competitive nature. I think there is a part of him that might be insecure like because his legacy is connected to Bill Belichick's. And there is a debate whether he was more important to the Patriots dynasty or Belichick was, like, who is more important. I think this is his opportunity to prove that – like, he could do it on his own. He didn't need this genius coach to win all those Super Bowls. I just don't – I think that plan's going to backfire. I agree with you. I think retirement would have been the best 
option because he is going to be 44 by the time this deal ends. And like, I think even for the last three years, you could see that he wasn't as willing to take hits, which is understandable when you're a 40 year, 40 year old and you're going against 25 year old, 300 pound men. And I, in the team he's going to, he's playing under Bruce Arians, who's known for uh, throwing the ball downfield more. And what that requ- requires is the quarterback to hold the ball a little longer. And that means the pass rush has a little more time to get after him and get those hits on him. So he might be taking the most hits that he's ever taken in his career. And I could envision a scenario where by the end of next year, he's like, yo, I do not want to do this anymore. Like, I have enough money. <laughs> I mean, I kind of hope that's the case. I No one on this podcast has been a big Tom Brady fan. I certainly am not a big Tom Brady fan. I would like to see him be pulled a little bit down to earth, just because <laughs> anybody who wins this much, I just don't think anyone should win this much. Um, so we'll see what happens. Hemel wants I Tom Brady it's... to just be pulverized into like a dust. I don't. I just want to see a little humility. You know, I think my man could stand to be humbled a little bit. I think he should go out the way he came in. I think this year he should be benched. And then whoever Tampa Bay has their backup, he comes in, lead his team to the Super Bowl. So it's a fitting into a, a career where he came in as a backup, has success. He goes out getting benched and somebody else comes in and has success. All right. We'll see what happens. Um, Before we move on to Matt Patricia, let's take a quick break and talk about Theragun, which is something that I bet Tom Brady's going to need. While we're on the topic, let's talk about muscle pain. I'm talking about the stop you in your tracks, I'll never work out again, oh my God, what am I going to do kind of pain. This is the kind of pain Dr. Jason Worsland was in when he created Theragun, the deep muscle massager that's unlike anything you've ever felt. Theragun isn't a cheap massager that just tickles your muscles. The handheld percussive device uses a scientifically calibrated combination of speed, depth, and power to release the deepest muscle tension. It's this simple. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just everyday life, you can use Theragun. Theragun is the preferred muscle recovery device for over 250 professional sports teams and is used by hundreds of thousands of satisfied customers around the world to reduce pain, increase range of motion, and soothe aching muscles. Try Theragun risk-free for 30 days or your money back by going to theragun.com slash cadence. For a limited time, listeners can get a free charging stand with purchase, a $79 value. That's theragun.com slash cadence. Theragun.com slash Cadence. All right, we're back. Steven, do you want to start talking about Matt Patricia? And what's going yeah. on? Yeah, I want to go back two years when he was hired by the Lions. I wrote a post basically saying, because Bill Belichick's assistant, he used to he used to coach for the Patriots before he got hired by the Lions as head coach. And his his assistants have a track record of going on to head coaching jobs and failing. And part of the reason they failed is because they tried to emulate Bill Belichick which is hard to do when you don't have six Super Bowl rings like backing you up. It's hard to be hard on players when you've never won a game in the NFL. And I, my take was that, oh, Patricia's going to be different because he has a different personality. And I have never been more wrong in my life. He totally tried to be Bill Belichick, and it just hasn't worked in Detroit. And then 
it just gotten worse and worse. And he just traded one of his better players to the Eagles. And he, the, the player Darius Slade did a radio interview and he kind of explained why he had lost respect for Patricia. And it's pretty bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing preemptively because I know what's coming and it is pretty bad. <laughs> So I'll read the quote from Slay. This is what he said on a, in a radio interview. He said he, he, I think he's referring to Patricia, told me in front of the whole team in a team meeting room, showed clips of me in practice getting a ball caught on me in practice. I posted a picture of a receiver on social media, and he told me, stop sucking this man's privates. So, so I'm like, whoa. I'm like, hold up. Where I'm from, that don't fly because I wouldn't say that to him. I wouldn't say it to him to, you know, do that or stop doing that to Bill Belichick. So yeah, this is, I mean, beyond the homophobia, I just think it's a weird thing to say to a, a player just for appreciating a player on another team. I, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know what to say. Evan, I'm just going to throw it to you. <laughs> I mean, was this, was this in his first year? Like, was this before he actually coached him in a game or was this like throughout, like during a season? Because if that was the first, like, interaction he had with one of his players like you've already lost the team and especially one of your best players it, yeah it did happen it happened in training camp his first season yeah I would have like I don't know why players don't like react to this or like let it be public I probably would have tweeted it out or got on Instagram live and be like yo y'all won't believe what this dude just told me I'm not playing for him but like I, like why is he how did he get extended this offseason when he's only won nine games and then you have stuff like this happening in the lock I mean behind closed doors like it's only one other coach I think is worse than him and that's the Texans head coach just from his general manager skills but this is this is bad yeah and th there's more uh a player named Garrett Hudson he used to play for uh the Lions he he was lower on the roster I think he ended up getting cut he even said like I was so excited when I got cut by the Lions because Patricia was the worst coach I've ever played for but he, he told a story about Carrion Johnson, who was a rookie running back last year. Apparently, Patricia cussed him out in front of the entire team. Carrion Johnson didn't know what year Ford Field was constructed. That's the stadium the Lions played in. So just for not knowing basic Lions trivia, he cussed him out in front of the whole team. Oh, my God. I, I don't understand some of these coaches. Like, I understand that this is a high-pressure environment, and this is how – this is how teams have basically been socialized, right? Like your coach is allowed to say anything to you to get you to perform the best on the field. But some of this behavior is so out of line and it also seems very counterproductive, right? Like cussing somebody out for not remembering some bit of trivia does not seem like a great way to get the best performance from them on the field. And this is, uh, yeah, like uh, Patricia, this was the same guy that yelled at a, a journalist for, I think he was, he was slouching in his seat at a press conference. He told him like to show more respect uh, for his job. And Patricia is a guy, I don't know if you've ever seen him, but he, he's not the most well-kept guy. Uh, he's got a big beard and he wears baggy clothes and he doesn't, he just doesn't look like a guy that should be uh, yelling at other people for posture. Uh, Evan, what were you going to say? Like, I've had coaches who were, like, you know, tough on you and, you know, made you 
not want to play for him, but like it was still respect there. It just doesn't seem like he has the respect for players. Yeah, I, I think that's a really great point that you're bringing up. Like, there's a fine line between trying to motivate your team and then being really horrible and disrespectful. And Matt Patricia seems like he's on the wrong side of that line. And I think a big deal with him is building culture in the locker room. He always talks about that. And I don't think this is a great way to build culture, whatever that even means. And I think the reason he was hired was basically to bring that Patriots formula over to Detroit. And what Patricia has done in the last year or two is just signed a bunch of old Patriots players, which I think is an admission that, like, I'm not capable of building that on my own. I'm going to just take the players that Bill Belichick already instill those values in and just bring them over to my locker room, even though they might not be great players. Like, he's basically admitting, I can't do this job. Yeah, that's a great point. That's basically just poaching because you don't have any ideas of your own. Yeah, I think the Lions, like, I I would not be mad if they fired him right now. I know it's late in the offseason and they, they would not be, like, a great situation, but you have this reputation around the league, and if you're trying to bring players to your team, it's not going to happen with Matt Patricia as your head coach. Oh, <laughs> that makes sense to me. Um, all right, let's move on. Evan, you want to take us through our social media post of the week? Yes, social media this week comes from Michael Irvin. And yesterday on the 19th, he tweeted out a golden tweet. He says, since I'm not a beer drinker, maybe it's just me, but I believe that at Corona, the beer company, should not be running their commercials (laughs) at this time. Sorry, I don't want to hear how a Corona gets its line while the coronavirus is getting live. I think... He had somebody ghostwrite this for him because that last line, I'm going to say it again. Sorry, I don't want to hear about how a corona gets his line while the coronavirus is getting live. It's too well thought out for him to write. I think that I think that it's been in his head forever, and he, like, workshopped that tweet. Like, right, he sent it around to people, sent it a few texts out, and got a few positive responses, and then was like, you know what, I'm going to tweet this out. Right, I don't even. Like, I don't I, even think he actually believes that take that first part of the take. I think he just wanted to get that line out there, and by any means necessary, he was going to get it out there. Thanks. Oh wait, Evan, were you going to say something? No, I just agree with Stephen. Like, I, <laughs> he was just waiting for the right moment to have this take. He couldn't have it on like first take or anything, so he just took it to Twitter. Yeah, that's right. He's kind of he's biding his time and being like, all right, where where am I going to drop this? Is it first take? Is it Twitter? And then he decided on Twitter. Um, that is an entirely false take. I will say I do not agree with him. I feel bad for the people at Corona who had absolutely nothing to do with this virus, which is which is a shame for them. Um, and I hope that it has not impacted their beer sales. I mean, I see a lot of kids in Florida drinking Coronas and saying, I'm still drinking Coronas and I don't care about the coronavirus. So I think I think they're still making money. Yeah, you know what? I think those kids in Florida probably need to stay home a little bit more. Um, they've been out partying quite a bit. So please keep it inside. Um, all right. Well, that is a good segue to our final segment, not sports, but whatever. Evan, what are you doing? What are you watching to get you through the self-isolation period? Um, so I like playing old school games like Pokemon. So I've been watching the Japanese version of the newest season of Pokemon. Um, and I've just been playing old Pokemon games. I really 
don't have anything else to do. Like Thursday nights used to be basketball. Now it's Pokemon. Nerd. <laughs> what a nerd. What a huge nerd. Huge nerd. Steven, what about you? I, and I just called him a nerd, and this might even be worse. I, I started <laughs> watching this documentary on FX about the Zodiac Killer. Like, I was, like, interested in it. And they, like, they like built it up. They, like, were claiming that they knew who it was. And then they built it up over the first two episodes. And then, like, the last – and I was excited. And then the last two episodes, they were basically like, this is why it's not this guy. And they just debunked <laughs> everything they said in the first two episodes. And that made me so mad. I'm like, I just wasted four hours of my life. I, inve- is- I invested my life into this, and then you just tear it down. There's a way. What is the documentary called? Uh, I think it's like the most dangerous animal of all, or something. It's like a reference to a line in one of the Zodiac killer's letters. Can you stream it? I'm Can you mad. stream it? Yeah, yeah, it's on Hulu. Oh, it's on Hulu. Um, watch the first two episodes, and then don't watch the last two episodes. <laughs> Steven, you could have got all of this from BuzzFeed. They have the Unsolved series on YouTube. and It's probably better than what you spent probably four hours watching. Probably. Um, I have actually, I finished all three seasons of Narcos, which I realize is like eight years ago for a lot of people. But I've been using my self-isolation time to learn a lot more about drug cartels in South America. So I'm very well informed now. What are you planning? Are you are you gonna start? I mean, I, I I'm just saying that if you do it the right way, it's not a bad business opportunity. We are pro drug cartel podcast. Oh, uh, we're not pro drug cartel. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's how I've been spending my quarantine time. Um, all right, we're gonna wrap it up for today. We hope you guys are all doing well, staying inside, washing your hands, have enough pasta and toilet paper to get you through the next couple of weeks, but that you're not hoarding anything and taking valuable resources away from people that might need them. Remember to be kind to everybody and please don't be jerks to the people that deliver your food and who work in grocery stores since they're doing you a solid right now. All right, guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.